0: Just a reminder here at the beginning, once again, that you have the uh, email account founded on Christ podcast at gmail.com where you can send in uh, suggestions for topics. You can send in your own recordings, your testimonies of Christ, and uh, whatever doctrinal things are important for you to. To say to an audience, uh, that's what that's there for, and hopefully you take advantage of it. And I'm grateful for those who have emailed in and asked questions and whatnot. And and, uh, uh, though it may take me a bit to respond sometimes, I will always respond to those. Um, This week, I wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind for a bit, you know, like always, but uh, I wanted to talk about faith. And I've had. A paradigm shift, a little bit about faith, uh, in the last. Well, it's it's an ever-growing paradigm. <laughs> it's it's probably constantly changing, but I think oftentimes, as uh, members of the Church of Christ, we often associate faith with belief. They become very uh, synonymous in the way that we use them. It's so much so that growing up I had a hard time understanding the difference between faith and hope and belief. Those all seem to be interwoven for me. But uh, I think what what really started cementits in is the idea of action, right? And and everybody who's part of the church never you know we, we all understand faith is dead without works, right? We know that scripture. But I don't know how often we actually associate the idea of faith with the doctrine of Christ, which is receiving revelation and then acting on that revelation. Uh, I think we would, you know, oftentimes we would think about belief and then doing something, but we don't always think, associate that directly with the concept of Christ giving us very specific tasks to do and then accomplishing those things. And when we think about faith in that context, it actually starts to become very, you see why it's one of the the major tenets of a Christian belief is faith in Christ. And the, that faith really becomes an action word, And so specifically, I'm thinking of Nephi. When him and his brothers went back to get the plates from Laban, uh, they go through about their own ways of trying to do it, and it doesn't really work out for them. Uh, Laban gets angry, starts beating on Nephi, and then we have the angel appear, And says, why do you smite your younger brother with a rod? Know ye not that the Lord hath chosen him to be a ruler over you? And this because of your iniquities. Behold, ye shall go up to Jerusalem again, and the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands. And we all know that as soon as that happened, the angel's gone. And Laman and Lemuel instantly uh, start going about their unbelief, their lack of faith and complaining and wondering why they should do the things that they're being asked to do. But Nephi, on the other hand, recognizes that that was was very direct uh, revelation from an angel directly to them on what they should do. And so then you have, what does Nephi do? He acts on that, right? He goes to the city, not really knowing beforehand what he's supposed to do, but he understands that he's been given a task from the Spirit you know in this instance very directly from an angel and he goes about doing that he moves forward into the city and then the major test comes right where he comes across Laban and he's once again given strong revelation that he needs to take Laban's life and retrieve the plates and herein is the test and herein Is where Nephi exemplifies great faith and he gets, he passes this test. And I think all of us, we should, maybe it won't be this dramatic, but we should expect that we are going to get revelation at times that's going to cause us to have strong personal hurdles that we need to overcome. And we will exercise our faith when in the process of obeying the spirit and following through by what we do afterwards. And we know that Nephi did what he was constrained by the spirit to do. He was able to get the brass plates that became a very foundational point for his, his society to be righteous moving forward was because of those plates. It became a foundation for many of the prophets that would follow after him in his lineage. And that, and it also secured Nephi as moving on this path of ascension toward the, you know, the gift of the, the uh, sorry, the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, because he did those things. And I'm, I'm thinking of another example. This one's a little bit more in hindsight, but still works. Um, this is in Daniel. And I love this story, and I've loved this story since my mission, it's always been very profound to me. You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and King Nebuchadnezzar has commanded everyone that they should not pray. And not only that, but they should bow down and worship the false gods. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, despite just knowing that it's wrong, they feel strong personal inclinations that they need to not bow down to this uh, monarchy this rule, this edict from men to not obey God. And because of it, they get brought before King Nebuchadnezzar and he gives them an ultimatum saying, hey, you need to do this or I'm going to throw you into this furnace. And I love their response. Let's see, Shadrach, Meshach. So this is Daniel three verses sixteen through eighteen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, said to the king, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner, meaning that they're going to be bold, <laughs> not that they're uh, they're going to be careless, but the fact is they they're not reserved in what they're about to say. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O king." but if not be it known unto thee o king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up and so in the in the moving forward with the inspiration given to them by the holy spirit they tell uh they tell king nebuchadnezzar not only are they not going to do this but they expect that the Lord will deliver them from their hands. But if not, if, if this action returns to them as nothing, they still will not do what King Nebuchadnezzar asked them to do. They will still have faith. They will still believe in the God Jehovah. They'll still believe in, in the God that was given to them. They'll still maintain their faith. They show it by their action. In this case, by their willingness to be have action put upon them, but it's by the the standing alone, right, that they exemplify their faith. And so I was thinking about, uh, well, there's Ether 12, and there's a wonderful chapter there where it talks about faith, and it goes through many different examples shown in the Scriptures, and it talks about how all these things were wrought by faith. And I think it would be a really good exercise, I've done it, I would encourage everyone listening to do it to go through. And when it says faith insert in there receiving revelation and acting on that revelation, insert ascension theology there people seeking after Christ to, for, to the abandonment of all else and being willing to do hard things that they're asked to do. And you'll see that in each and every example. when it talks about the wonderful things that have happened, but More, I was also thinking, and I want to read this Moroni chapter 7, verse 27. Once again, Moroni talking about faith, and you must, it must have become super important to Moroni, especially as he becomes out uh, alone. You know, he goes out on his own, being the last person left of his race, of his family, receiving revelation and acting on it It must have been super important because he talks about faith quite a bit. But in verse 27, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, have miracles ceased because Christ, Christ hath ascended into heaven and hath sat down on the right hand of God to claim the, of the Father his rights of mercy, which he hath upon the children of men? For he hath answered the ends of the law, and he claimeth all those who have faith in him. He claimeth all those who have faith in him, and they who have faith in him will cleave unto every good thing. Wherefore he advocateth the cause of the children of men. He dwelleth eternally in the heavens. And because he hath done this, my brethren, have miracles ceased? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, neither have angels ceased to minister unto the children and men. For behold, they are subject unto him to minister according to the word of his command, showing themselves unto them of strong faith and a firm mind in every form of godliness. And skipping down... To thirty five and now, my brother brethren, brethren, if this be the case that these things are true, which I have spoken unto you, and God will show unto you with power and great glory at the last day that if they are true, and if they are true, has the days of miracles ceased, or have the angels ceased to appear unto the children of men, or has he withheld the power of the Holy Ghost from them, or will he, so long as time shall last, or earth shall be stand, or shall there be one man be one man upon the face of? thereof to be so be saved behold I say unto you nay for it is by faith that miracles are wrought and it is by faith that angels appear and minister unto men wherefore if these things have ceased will be unto the children of men for it is but because of unbelief and all is vain and so I love the implications here when you insert the idea of seeking after receiving revelation and acting on it miracles. If we are not seeing miracles, if we are not having angels minister unto us, why is that happening? Is that because God has stopped giving those things? Do we believe those ministers who told Joseph that there is no way that he could have seen the Father because all of the angels and miracles and wonderful things that have happened, happened in the time of Christ and there will never be any more of it? Do we do that same thing now? Do we look back and say, It was only in Joseph's time that we had the great rushings of wind at the temple. It was only in Joseph's time that angels visited men and ministered unto them. Or is it the fact that God continues to do those things, but only to those people who have actual faith in him, only to those people who are seeking constantly, seeking out his inspiration to them and acting on that inspiration. Um, I think it's obvious where I stand on that by how I'm saying it, but let me say it firmly. Those things still happen. Those things still can happen. And the only reason they don't happen in any of our lives is because we are so caught up in whatever it is we're doing in the world that we are, we are missing the most important aspect of this life, which is seeking after Christ, receiving revelation and acting on that revelation and i firmly believe that miracles and the ministering of angels and even higher the baptism of fire and the holy ghost the cleansing the true anointing that were promised in the temple that true anointing what that that ordinance hints at which is the cleansing of us in preparation for a second comforter experience where we will part the veil physically and enter into christ's presence in our bodies those things are totally within reach of each and every one of us, according to the heat and diligence we pay to the revelation that God gives to us, according to our faith. And you think about how the scriptures talk about the brother of Jared and what he experienced and why and how faith is so important to that. And you see that in the scriptures, how it's recorded with his family, how he gains inspiration and he acts on it. And that. I mean, there's there's aspects to the doctrine of Christ, but that is at the heart of it. That is what it really means to me to be truly founded on Christ, is exercising this faith of receiving revelation and acting on it. And with that, I'll give my strong urging, my belief that we, should, we can and we should seek His face continually. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.